my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner Fuller Gibbler fans. Well, today I'm doing another in honor of a cast member's birthday. This is the first one that I'm doing for Adam Hagenboo, who plays Jimmy Gibbler on Fuller House. And I really had to look to try to find something that centered around, like, Jimmy or Jimmy and stuff. There really isn't an episode that I can positively think of going through all five seasons. Well, not all five, but seasons two through five of Fuller House trying to find something that's mainly either just Jimmy or centers on Jimmy and Stephanie. And I thought, this is a good episode here. Season 3, episode 14, entitled, and I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm shouting in the microphone. I'm trying to calm my voice down. Surrogate City. This episode aired on December 22nd, 2017. In this episode... Stephanie and Jimmy began their search for a surrogate. Now, if you've all watched through season five or even the end of season three of Fuller House, you will eventually come to the conclusion that Kimmy is going to be the surrogate, which I think does make sense because that way the baby can be... Well, the baby's going to be a Gibbler anyway because it's going to carry Gibble. Isn't that amazing? It's this baby, baby Danielle, who we will soon learn her name, is going to be half Tanner, half Gibbler. <laughs> and what's even cooler is the fact that if, if you've watched all of season five, you've seen the series finale, you do find out Stephanie is pregnant, like pregnant in her own body pregnant, sans sur no surrogate needed. <sighs> would have loved to I honestly I agree with some people out there that are like hey let's get a Stephanie Jimmy spinoff or, or something to that effect I just I think that would be cool but oh no you guys honestly maybe in 20 some years we'll get a fullest house I don't know I, I don't know fingers crossed we'll see <laughs> So, this episode's got a 7.2 out of 10 based on 200 ratings. Let's see, we got some guest stars. We got Elizabeth Manders as Lady Smoker. We got Jules Hartley as Martha. Bryce Charles as Mindy. And, of course, we got Landry Bender coming back as Rocky. Oh, that is the, yeah. That's the second, that's plot B. Jackson's Rebellion pushes all of DJ's buttons. He goes so far as to move his bed and other belongings of his, like basically his bed, his nightstand, probably a dresser, who knows, out to the backyard. This is the, the same type of scenario that I'd always like. How does Stephanie move her bed into Michelle's bedroom? How does Stephanie move Michelle's crib into, you know, DJ's bed, like, just, just 
how? How? Right? Well, excuse me. I <laughs> I guess Fuller House wants to get in on that, too. Like, we gotta have one of the kids. Tommy's just a baby, so it can't be him. Max would never do this, so it can't be him. It's gotta be Jackson, who's going to get... <laughs> uh, that's his, his take on rebellion, aside from, like, getting a splash of purple in his hair. Yeah, let's just say that... DJ, this episode is not a fan of Rocky. I bet just by her associ- Jackson's association with her and she's her rebelliousness is rubbing off on Jackson. Why do I get the feeling that DJ's going to be like, you are just like your mother. Or, or something hurtful like that. I, I don't know. While Lola was a good starter girlfriend for Jackson, you know, well, more like his obsession, <laughs> Rocky puts Jackson in his place, holds him accountable for his actions, which is awesome. She definitely does hold a lot of sway in that relationship as far as her influence on Jackson. But then again, if you think about it, Jackson, over the course of a few seasons, sands off those edges of Rocky. And I understand why she would probably rather hang out at the Tanner house, Tanner Fuller house, than be around her mom. Gia is the utter worst. I mean, I really thought Steph's influence, even Gia's mother was impressed, like, Steph was having such a good influence on her. I mean, she quit smoking. And, you know, I will get to that episode when I get to... I I got my own little... When I get to that. Um, Yeah. Gosh. It's just... And the fact that it's like, nope, same old Gia. Trying to get Stephanie to vape banana bread vape sticks or... Vape cigarettes or whatever people are calling them these days. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just like, uh Oh! Oh, God! Ah! Guess what? Oh, my God! I'm so excited. I'm lost for words. Guess who's directing this episode? Dave Collier! Joey Gladstone himself. <laughs> I looked down at Hall's name. Like, oh! <laughs> I'm excited. Jeff Franklin, the creator. This written by Brian B-E-H-A-R. I'm sorry, Brian, if I most likely mispronounced your name. We got Steve Baldakowski. We got Edie Faye. We got Kate Spurgeon. Edie and Kate are both story editors. Well, Edie's an executive story editor and Kate is a story editor. So, Another thing I did want to bring up how Stephanie... Jimmy and Kimmy's storyline with the surrogacy kind of resembles real life in a way, or how, what am I trying to say here? Well, you know the Mesa twins who play the role of Tom, they share the role of Tommy Fuller Jr., Tommy Jr. Fuller. The boys' parents were suffering for a long time with infertility. They... The boys do, Dashiell and Pugs do have an older brother. I don't know what his name is. But they seek through adoption. Shortly after they adopted their son, 
they were able to find a surrogate. But what is comparable with this situation with Kimmy, Jimmy, and Steph is that the Messet family did find an inside source, someone in their family. I want I want to find I let me look this up real quick cuz I don't want to get this wrong. All right, so I did find an article from people.com about the mom of twin Fuller House stars shares surrogacy story after six rounds of artificial insemination. Casey Andrews is the mom of the four-year-old Messet twins who play Tommy Fuller Jr. on the show. This article is actually from about two years ago. I'm just going to kind of briefly zip through this. While many Fuller House fans were surprised when Kimmy Gibbler offered to be Stephanie Tanner's surrogate, the storyline struck a familiar chord with someone special behind the scenes. Casey Andrews, mom to the four-year-old Messet twins who play Tommy Fuller Jr. on the show, had a similar path to motherhood. Okay, I'm sorry. It actually, it wasn't a family member. It was actually, okay, a close friend. So the boys' mother is telling her close friend that she and her husband had been trying unsuccessfully for years to get pregnant. And her friend, out of the blue, says, I would totally have a baby for you. And they actually met through the Big Sisters of Los Angeles program 20 years earlier. Okay, I'm not sure what that is, whether that is something that is like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, kind of if that is kind of the same thing. I'm not, I'm not sure. So here's something that is interesting. Okay, so basically she just wanted to make sure that her friend was serious. Like, are you serious about this? Would you really have a baby for me? And her friend says, yes, I totally, I totally mean it. It says after a month of medical testing and other paperwork, they transferred a single embryo into her friend to prevent the quote-unquote risk of twins. Okay, I, I, I don't really know anything as far as it comes to in vitro fertilization and all that, but um, okay, I didn't. Okay, so they attended the first ultrasound appointment. The boy's mother and her husband, Jack, Messa heard the two heartbeats. Of course, they were shocked. Oh, yeah, she quotes, uh, we were shocked. Uh, Jack and I thought our legs, lives were over. Okay. So their concern, of course, biggest concern was pay- paying for three colleges as a couple already shared another young son named Sawyer. Okay. So, actually... It says, 30 years of experience in the entertainment industry as a producer. Okay, okay, so the mother has work in the end. Okay, okay, so she got her boys an agent. Interesting. And she quoted here, I thought maybe, you know, twin babies are often hired because of labor laws and time on set, never imagining they would book a series regular on a TV show. At just seven months, the twins, Dashiell and Vox, faithfully auditioned for Fuller House. Now, I remember hearing about how the Olsen twins got the role of Michelle. The show went through a lot of twins when they were auditioning for the role of Michelle. And apparently the Olsen twins' mom was there because a friend of hers had brought her twins in. And the reason that the Olsen twins were picked was because they were the ones that were the most... 
they were the most quiet. They weren't a lot of the babies were like crying and just not working out. So that's that's interesting. Because what if it were different? What if the Olsen twins hadn't been cooperative and they went with someone else and we, yeah, I just, that's interesting. I mean, I'm not saying that, I mean, if the Olsen twins didn't get full house, maybe they still in some way would have become who they are today. I don't know, maybe they might have. The article pretty much just goes on to say how the boys developed close relationships with the cast members on set and how they really enjoyed, you know, oh, oh, okay. When we came out with the producers, there was a room full of twin boys and I thought, oh my gosh, we were the first scene. We're never going to get this. Later that night, I got a call. They want to book your twins. That was another shock. Okay. So from talking to taking their first steps on set to enjoying craft services, her sons already love the business. They've been on the show for four seasons. They're very lucky boys. I would say Destiny has a plan for them, and we're just along for the ride. The mother of three says of her twins' future. They love going and playing and laughing with all the other actors. They've formed relationships with all the actors and they know who they are and are excited to see them. With the upcoming plot of Kimmy carrying Stephanie's baby, Andrews is happy to see the series showcase surrogacy. While she doesn't know if her life inspired the storyline, Andrews relates to not actually seeking out a surrogate but having a friend like a sister offer it. Okay, so yeah, that I, I, I like that. Where Kimmy also, you know, eventually she and Stephanie do become friends. And a friend almost like a sister. And I just, I think that's great. I, I re- not only, not only we, do we see surrogacy, we see adoption with Jesse and Becky. An older couple, empty nesters that want a chance. Well, more so Becky is the one that wants kind of, I'm not going to say a do-over. But she is missing that maternal connection again. She wants that. Craves it. (laughs) So, yeah. I wanted to share that because I think that that such surrogacy and infertility are such important things that are going on currently in in the world right now. And we just, we don't know how it, it it just it, it affects people people's lives. I mean, and this goes on for years. Not only with infertility, you know, treatments, but the, the things cost a lot of money and everything like that. And it's just not just the money factor, but also the emotional toll it takes on you know you and your prospective partner. And like I said, I'm not speaking about this from experience. I just I I like that they're bringing an issue like this to the forefront. By putting it on t- a, a family television show. You know, people watch the show with their families and say, hey, this is an, an important issue. Also, I definitely got to promote um, the boys' mom does have a Mess It Twins YouTube channel that does have the, a lot of behind the scenes full house stuff. You get to see the boys interacting with... Elias and Michael and Sony and Ashley and even, you know, Candace, Jody, Andrea, Adam, John, 
Dan, <laughs> Bob and Dave, just, and also Scott, just, you just have a, f oh, Juan Pablo, yeah, it's, it's so fun, it's not just the twin, it's not just Dashiell and Fox, it's, it's, everyone just, they're so, you know, tight, they're so close with each other, it's like, it honestly feels like their real family offset and and onset it when you like that offset it a hundred percent shows in the show which is awesome all right so let's get to trivia <clears throat> this is a spoiler <clears throat> excuse me near the end of the episode dj stephanie and kimmy are drinking white wine we can clearly see beret written on the bottle candace cameron beret's husband Valerie Beret owns a winery, Beret Family Wines. <laughs> In this episode, Jackson says DJ is Gen X and he's Gen Y, but that's not actually true. Based on the character's age, he is Gen Z, not Gen Y, who are most often known as millennials. He is far too young to be a millennial. However, his aunts, Michelle and Stephanie, would be Gen Y slash millennials. So if that's the case... Then I am Gen Y slash millennial as well. I am the same age as Jodie Sweetin. She's only eight months older than I am. Oh, fifth appearance of Gia's daughter, Rocky. Let's take a looky look at the reviews. Of course, we have one review by the ever faithful Power Mandan. <laughs> Warning spoilers. Giving this a 7 out of 10. Titling it, Enough is Done to Say I Liked It. This is from July of 21st of 2019. Not a great episode, but still very likable. Jackson tries to become an edgehead. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Doing his best to seem all cool and edgy. Looks like Rocky is having too much of an influence on him. It is just like when Gia was having a bad influence on Stephanie. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, with addressing the same, um... Ah, what is that episode? I'm trying to remember if I covered it already. Breaking Away! Yes, I did! That was the original... Wasn't that the original Back to School episodes that he did? I think it was. I think so. Okay, okay. Yeah, because Stephanie comes down wearing basically a crop top. And she's got her face just painted full of makeup. Like, and she's like, Dad, don't embarrass me. Gia's going to be here. And Danny's like, I, Gia, I think she's having a bit of an influence on you. And Stephanie says, don't worry, Dad, I'm my own person. Boom! And walks Gia. Michelle's like, yeah, looks like you're her person, too. <laughs> uh, over them bellies, girls. <laughs> All right. Remember those days? Well, Jackson even tries moving out of the house into the backyard to make a point. Steph and Jimmy interview potential surrogates. Of course, the only choice both in and out of the show is Kimmy. Although there's not much here, a good episode was still able to come out of this. Yeah, I mean, there are some episodes of Fuller House. I'm just like, eh, it wasn't my particular fave. Well, there are some others that are a little better. Okay, um, quick note. 
if you've listened to the podcast episode I put out yesterday about podcasts and life update 2021, I did explain. I didn't exactly tell you when the date was that's going to start, or maybe I did. Uh, It's going to start in March, where I'm only going to be covering two episodes of Full House, or Full House slash Fuller House, a month. Just two instead of four. I'm cutting way, way back because, well, as I said, if you've listened already, you kind of already know I need to reprioritize my life where podcasting is a hobby and not so much 98% of my life, which is what it's become. I'm not saying that I want to stop podcasting right now. I'm just saying like that I got to make it where podcasting, podcasting and my life can coexist where one isn't taking over the other one. So, yep. So, February is going to be the Tanner Girls in Love series where I'm covering Baby Love. I'm covering Dateless in San Francisco as a Valentine's Day episode. Also, an episode as part of the Tanner Girls in Love series. Stephanie Plays a Field, Lovers and Other Tanners in March is when the two episodes a month will start. I will be covering the two breakup episodes. Steve and DJ, Danny and Vicky. As far as the one with Jesse and Becky, the makeup breakup thing, I'll cover that at some point or another. And I think I'll save Designing Mothers for Gail Edwards' birthday. I think I'll wait and cover because that is definitely, I mean, it's about Danny, but it's also about Vicky and her mother. So I'll save that for that. Also, Birthday episodes, I'm going to try to stick to that. I did cover Juan Pablo's birthday. I'm not doing every single adult. Uh, I just want to kind of stick to the main cast. That's why with Adam Hagenboo, who plays Jimmy, this will most likely be the one episode I cover for his birthday. But the rest of the cast... Because it's just... I really had to scrounge for an episode kind of more or less featuring, you know, Fernando... And, and, you know, the same for, for Jimmy and stuff like that. But the main cast members, there's plenty of stuff to, uh, to get from them. <clears throat> um, April, Candace Cameron's birthday. I'm going to cover the season five episode with the amazing race for DJ for her birthday. Her big... 40th, 41st, 46th, I can't remember <laughs> her birthday, but that's the one I'm going to focus on for Candace Cameron's birthday in April. I'll probably, almost, I'll do that one and then I'll probably pick another DJ episode, maybe from uh, one that isn't already tied to a series. Now, as far as the series go, I have my episode set list on of episodes in a series. I'm going to be Like I said, just doing two out of a series and then just working my way through that way, so. And I know it's it's sad. I mean, you won't get Full House every single week, but there's a major backlog since April of 2019 when I kicked uh, this podcast show off, so. Also, if you're new to the podcast, I want to thank you for joining the Tanner Train, hopping aboard the Tanner Train. Also... 
if you're new, I want to let you know that this isn't, <laughs> you've already heard me say it. I'm not going to say it again. It's the Full House podcast where I do a couple episodes a month. Random episodes, not episode by episode. Also, this is a clean podcast, a family-friendly Full House, Fuller that, 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 <laughs> save myself. Um... It's a clean, family-friendly, Full House, Fuller House podcast that you can listen to in front of your kids, in front front of kids in general, in in front of your neighbors while you're gardening or or whatever, or even playing it on your speakers or however, in in a room with people coming and going. However, and also if you want to find out what episodes I'm doing and when, follow along, like... The Facebook page, Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House podcast. And Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House pod. If you want to email the podcast, you, I, I want to hear you, your stories from Full House, Fuller House. Favorite episodes, favorite characters, least favorite episodes, least favorite characters, least favorite episodes... <laughs> I also want to see if you guys can write a better Full House episode. Like, take, like, hey, this episode could have been done better if, like, say we changed this, put this character in this character's spot, or have this situation happen to this character instead of this character. I want to, I would love to hear your ideas. Alright, you know what? It's 25 minutes in of me, you know, talking about stuff, so... Happy birthday, Adam. This is your episode, Surrogate City. So let's dive right in. All right. Well, looks like it's uh, back to school for the boys. Well, two of them. (laughs) It's breakfast time. DJ's got some muffins for breakfast. And, of course, here comes Jackson He's got a black ball cap. He's he, he's basically wearing all black. He's got some weird black jacket. It doesn't even... It's not like leather. It's like faux leather, whatever that material is. He's wearing a couple... I, what? I know you don't call them necklaces for guys. What do you call them? Chains? I don't know. And the first thing DJ sees on Jackson are his ripped knee holes in his jeans. She's like, what happened to the back to school jeans I bought you? And she said, and he tells her, oh yeah, I ripped them up. Now they're my back to cool jeans. Clearly already we can see Rocky is having a bit of an influence on him. Or he's just trying to heavily impress her. You know how he was always... Remember Ramona's party from season one? The not-so-epic party? And he was doing the same thing with the hat and the sunglasses and the the chains around the neck and this and that. And he was just trying too hard. So I think this could also be that, or maybe he's just like, oh, Rocky dresses like she does, and she's so cool. Maybe if I did that, people would finally notice me. Or he's just doing it to impress her. Who knows? Apparently there's a rule in this house. No hats at the table. 
That is lame. Why? No hats. I don't get that. I just, I don't get it. And he's like, oh, not a problem. And I thought it was just a little bit of blue. No. The entire top of his head is like he used some of that party hairspray and just went all royal blue with some of his regular hair peeking out. And the audience is just like, ooh. You know? What? Okay, now I'm getting another flashback to our very first night when Jesse babysits the girls. He also has his band over. There's one backup singer girl who's got a little bit of the colored lavender in her hair and she does... She does up DJ and Stephanie's hair. Although, I mean, DJ's 10 and Stephanie's like 5. So, but I'm immediately getting flashback. And just, DJ's about ready to go through the roof. Her her jaw is like on the floor. Like, I was not expecting my son to give me issues. So she's like, okay, new rule. No blue hair at the table. I'm surprised they don't like start calling him, hey, Grover from Sesame Street. I mean, I'm going to say Grover over Cookie Monster as far as the best blue Muppet. He cut over to the kitchen island where Max is sitting and he's looking at Jackson and he says, you're 15 years old. Why are you having a midlife crisis? <laughs> ah! Kimmy, I love you! <laughs> uh, she's like, hey, Marge Simpson called. She wants her hair back. Yeah, another Full House reference. Remember when Jesse and Becky were trying to figure out where to get married, whether it was Nebraska, Becky's hometown in, in Nebraska, or Graceland? And in Jesse's fantasy, she, Becky's dressed up like Priscilla Presley with a big, you know, tall... I don't even know if you would call it a beehive, but it just definitely Marge Simpson kind of hair. Like, really, like, teased and really, really tall. But after they get out of that weird fantasy Elvis sequence, she's like, I'm not gonna have Marge Simpson hair. <laughs> but I love how Kimmy used it as a reference. I love how Stephanie's like, <laughs> oh, that's a good one, Kimmy. Oh, oh, here we go. We got Stephanie. Hey, did you buy that hair at a Katy Perry garage sale? I love how she slips high five with Max again. Nice! <laughs> and Kimmy! <laughs> Jackson's like, hey, look, I don't expect you guys to understand. You do know your mom and your aunt and her best friend all grew up in the 90s with all the plaid and the flannel and the grunge. Yeah. He says, I'm Gen Y and you're Gen X. Somebody straighten that boy out. He says, I'm like the owl, I'm like the iPhone 8. And you're all like... And he holds his nose. Will you accept the clap call from Grandpa? <laughs> oh! You did not just act like that. Oh! Guys, put this boy in his place. Now, they're up to like the t iPhone 12 now, aren't they? 12? So they got like four different versions of the iPhone 12 for all... I don't know. I think I got the 8. This might be the 8. I don't know.
I have this thing. This case makes this phone so heavy. <laughs> DJ's like, but Monday is school picture day, and I already spent seventy nine ninety five on two eight by tens, three five by sevens, eight wallet sized. Oh my! Remember how expensive school pictures were? Oh my gosh. And we'd always have to like bring in the order form with the check that our parents would give. Did did any of us ever look at the amount? It's like the more expensive you went as far as how many pictures you want in the package. But also the backgrounds, the more elaborate you got the more expensive. Seventh grade, I finally got to pick my own background. Of course I went for red. I'll have to do that. I'll have to put on a, a couple because it seems like my third grade picture, which I bawled my eyes out when I got because ugh, I had this weird smirk expression on my face and I just saw it and I was just immediately started bawling. Like, I don't like this. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do that. I'll look for those pictures and I'll put them on the uh, on the Facebook page. Because the third grade one had some really awesome background. It seemed like all the other ones just had the, like, pale blue or pale gray. A mouse pad and a coffee mug. Now, I know that those weren't options when I was in junior high or high school. And DJ's like, I think they're taking advantage of how much I love my children. A mouse pad, really? Maybe a coffee mug, but a mouse pad? <laughs> DJ holds up her oven mitt. Although I do love my Max oven mitt and it's Max's face on it. <laughs> wow. So many options. Oh, she's like mimicking Max. Holy chalupas! He loves it. He loves being the favorite son. Doorbell rings. He says, oh, by the way, I think I'm old enough to choose my own hairstyle. Dude, you're 15. You're not even old enough to drive yet. So chillax. You've still got at least another three years of living in that house. Oh, he did not. As he starts walking out of the kitchen, he's like, besides... You color yours. And <laughs> she says, I only color my hair to make it look more natural. Yeah, she's clearly got color in her hair. But then again, don't we all at some point would like to play around with the hair? Uh, usually I would go for either like a medium blonde or a reddish blonde. Yeah, she says, I only, I only color mine to make it look more natural. And Stephanie comes out from behind the kitchen counter and to cover up some gray. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are 40 now. I'm even starting to get some gray hairs. My hair is, like, kind of light, so I really have to, like, like, look, look in the mirror and see a few strands. Like, oh, that looks like it could be gray or it could be just a trick of the light. I don't know. I think my... The person who cut my hair last did definitely tell me that there were some gray in there. Which, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem. Ask me in another 10 plus years when I get closer to 50. When I probably have, will have much more. I don't know. 
DJ get Stephanie back. I'm like, I can't believe she went there. She's like, oh, I don't think you want to start a conversation about what's real and what's fake. <gasps> oh, Max is like, mom, I promise no matter how hard peer pressure gets, I will never touch this beautiful salad. <laughs> See, <laughs> talking about his hair. <laughs> Morning. Morning. And good grief. <laughs> what happened to your brand new back to school jeans? I ripped them up. Now they're my back to cool jeans. <laughs> hey, you know the rule no hats at the table. Not a problem. Okay, new rule <laughs> no blue hair at the table. <laughs> You're 15 years old. Why are you having a midlife crisis? <laughs> hey, Marge Simpson called. She wants her hair back. <laughs> Ed, you buy that hair at a Katy Perry garage sale? <laughs> Look, I don't expect you guys to understand. I'm Gen Y and you're Gen X. I'm like the iPhone 8 and you're all like, will you accept a collect call from Grandpa? Oh. But school picture day is Monday. And I already spent $79.95 on two 8x10s, three 5x7s, eight wallet size. Is that for one kid? A mouse pad, a coffee mug. I think they're taking advantage of how much I love my children. <laughs> Although I do love my Max oven mitt. That is adorable. Oi, chalupas! <laughs> oh, that's for me. And by the way, I think I'm old enough to choose my own hairstyle. Besides, you color yours. I only color my hair to make it look more natural. <laughs> and to cover up some gray. <laughs> I don't think you want to start a conversation about what's real and what's fake. <laughs> Mom, I promise no matter how intense the peer pressure gets, I will never touch this beautiful salad. It's like you. <laughs> so. Kimmy's like, well, it looks like you finally have a teenager. And Stephanie says, you know, it had to happen at some point. And DJ's like, yeah, but why that hair and those clothes? Rocky comes into the kitchen with Jackson trailing behind her. And all three of the ladies just look at Rocky and they're like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, we see. We know, we get it now. And Kimmy's like, why are we owing just because she's got purple? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So Rocky goes over, puts her hands on the back of the chair and says, Oh, what's for breakfast? Bacon and eggs. You are so white bread. You're eating white bread. Is that just basically another way of saying they're really common? Like, bacon and eggs? That's so normal-ish. Get out of your routine or something. DJ gets up and asks, you know, why do I have a feeling that you had something to do with this? He right away is with the blame game. She leads Rocky back over as she asks, why do I have a feeling that you had something to do with this? As she puts her arm out and my son here with the blue hair. Oh, she did not just do it. Rocky, sweetie, you don't call... And I know that there are some parents of, you know, friends that will tell you, hey, call me by my, call me by my, my first name. I would never do that. That makes me so 
uncomfortable. Even though I'm an adult, I would never be able to call my teacher if I saw them again by their first name. It's just too weird. DJ just looks at Rocky and she's like, Deej? Like, when did we get so formal all of a sudden? And Rocky says, you know, all I did is tell Jackson he's being, he's living in an artificial world of sugar-coated sweetness. And DJ says, that is so not true. Here comes Tommy and Cosmo. R.I.P. Cosmo. Both with red bandanas around their necks and black sunglasses. I love how Stephanie and Kim are like, oh, how cute. They they just, they that same path right through the kitchen, right out that door. That's why that door was hanging open that whole time. And DJ's like, that was terrible timing. It's pretty cute. I love this. Literally, writing the lines for the characters on the show. Rocky says, this boy's going to be eaten alive if he doesn't grow some McNuggets. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to toughen him up so he's not, you know, a weenie when he gets to high school. Well, wait a minute. This is season... Wait a second. When did Fast Times at Bayview High start? Hold on a second. That was like two episodes ago. And they're just now working? Oh, okay, so the back-to-school clothes are stuff that... Okay, he's already started. Okay, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. And Jackson's like, oh, you don't have to worry about my McNuggets. And we just cut over to Stephanie and Kimmy's, like, look of revulsion and... On their faces, like, we don't want to hear about your McNuggets, young man. And Jackson's like, oh, okay, we'll see you later. We're gonna go down to the wharf and make fun of the tourists. Isn't that what people do sometimes? Like, like to people watch and just make up stories about people walking past? Or just goof on what they're... Oh, so he's gonna be like that girl Shelly from the Yours, Mine, and Ours episode. Oh yeah, we thought it'd be fun to come to this Pirate's Cove restaurant and make make fun of all the... Goof on all the people with their lame families. Oh, you're going to be one of those, Jackson. DJ says, don't forget to take out the trash. And he's like, he puts his hands up like, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'd be like, uh, no, you'll get to it right now. Like, enough with the attitude. Just because Rocky's there. You hear the audience go, oh. And we see Rocky and Jackson do the fist bump explosion. Deej, you need to put your foot down. Because that type of disrespectful behavior is only going to get worse if you let it continue. Accident, Rocky leave. We see Stephanie and Kimmy are like, ooh, good thing I'm not having to deal with that right now. And of course, DJ blames Gia. Like, this is all Gia's fault. Steph, why did you have to become friends with that girl? I don't think she says that. <laughs> she says she was a bad influence on you, Steph, and now her daughter is a bad influence on my son. She says, I'm calling her up right now and I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. Stephanie gets up and says, yeah, I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> and DJ asks, why not? <laughs> Stephanie says, 
eh, she blocked you. <laughs> well, <laughs> not surprising at all. So Steph says, you know, I'll, I'll text her as she holds out her phone. It's like you finally have a teenager. <sighs> he had to rebel at some point. Yeah, but why that hair and those clothes? Oh. Hey, why are we owing just because she's got purple? Oh. <laughs> hey, what's for breakfast? <laughs> Bacon and eggs. You guys are so white bread. You're eating white bread. <laughs> why do I have a feeling that you had something to do with this? <sighs> Look, Deej. Deej. Oh, you did not just do that, girl. All I did was tell Jackson that he's being raised in an artificial world of sugar-coated sweetness. That is so not true. Aww. Oh, Tommy. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> there they go. That's that That was terrible timing. <laughs> this mama's boy is going to be eaten alive if he doesn't grow some McNuggets. Oh, you don't have to worry about my McNuggets. So Jimmy comes in in a white button-down shirt and a thin black tie. And I just, I get, he looks like a door-to-door -door salesman. But he is so excited. It's the big day because he and Stephanie are going to start interviewing prospects for surrogates. He's even got a clipboard. I guess DJ has already offered her own services. He says, I would be more than happy to carry your baby, Stephanie. Um, I don't know. I think it just depends on the person and the relationship, but maybe that might be a little too close to home. Maybe, you know, somebody outside of the family, like Kimmy. <laughs> And Stephanie says, Deej, we've been over this. You have a full-time job and three kids. Oh, wow. And apparently she had a very difficult birth with Tommy. Okay, well, this is news to me. I had no idea. Kimmy stands up and says, you know, I had a difficult delivery, too. I gave birth to Ramona in a rental car. Eee. DJ turns to Kimmy and she's like, yes, Kimmy, we all saw you on the news. <laughs> wow, that made the news, huh? I mean, a, a baby being born in a taxi, which makes me think of the um, episode Room for One More. Remember when Becky was trying out to be a reporter for the news or something? And she interviewed attempted to interview the mime who had gotten into a taxi cab and the driver ended up going into labor and he helped deliver the baby. So, I mean, I can see that definitely being newsworthy, but delivering in a rental car? Oh, okay. Maybe the rental car company, I bet anything, they appreciated the coverage that they got. This is going to really put us on the map this time. Those commercials. A, a woman having a baby in one of our rentals. Now that is. Yeah. 
Jimmy tells him, don't worry, everyone. I've got some great candidates lined up for us. Oh, I can only imagine the candidates that J- Jimmy scrounged around for. And Stephanie, of course, just loves that Jimmy is really taking this very seriously. Which, yes, of course, it's a serious topic. Surrogacy and, you know, finding a surrogate. You want to make sure you get the right person. And someone that's going to be committed and follow through on this. He says, yes, you bet I am. And I'm, <laughs> he shows her the clipboard with a sheet on it. And he says, and I've come up with a pretty thorough vetting system. As she starts, I'm guessing this is a questionnaire for the interviewees. First question up, <laughs> Stephanie reads, do you or do you not believe in Sasquatch? Um, you know, maybe stuff needs to take over with the questioning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Jimmy, you have a point. You kind of weed out the undesirables, you know, the ones that believe in aliens and that Smurfs exist and pots of gold at the end of rainbows and leprechauns. You know, that kind of, you got to weed out those people. I love the expressions on DJ and Kimmy's face. Like, what? Jimmy says, there's only one right answer. I love how Kimmy like, points her finger at Jimmy, smiling. She's like, yup. <laughs> it's a big day today, ladies. Steph and I are interviewing some potential surrogate mothers. Oh, I told you I would be more than happy to carry your baby. Deej, we went over this. You have a full-time job and three kids. Plus, you had a very difficult birth with Tommy. I had a difficult delivery, too. I gave birth to Ramona in a rental car. (laughs) Yes, Kimmy, we all saw you on the news. (laughs) Well, don't worry, everyone. I've got some great candidates lined up for us. Wow, you are taking this so seriously. You bet I am. And I've developed a pretty thorough vetting process. Do you or do you not believe in Sasquatch? (laughs) There's only one right answer. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) All right, now we're going. Gosh, we haven't been up here in a while. Up to the attic apartment, formerly Jesse, Becky, Nikki, and Alex's home. Now, Kimmy and Fernando's place. Or maybe it's just Kimmy's place, because I, I swear he bought, he, I thought he and Jimmy both went in on buying the Gibbler house back. Well, anyway, Fernando comes up, because he's, he's, he's back. He's back from his race in Monte Carlo. So she, Kimmy asks how he did, and he says, oh, get this, I was so far in the lead, I stopped at Mickey D's for a Big Mac. <laughs> He says, while I was taking a picture with Mayor McCheese, the hamburger stole my race car. <laughs> See, kids today aren't going to, re- they're not going to remember Grimace. They're not going to remember Birdie, the Fry Guys, Hamburglar, or Mayor McCheese. Or even Ronald McDonald. For- when did they get rid of Ronald McDonald? I'm going to look that up right now. Because it's I was reading that one day and, like, and it just dawned on me. Like, that's right. They did get rid of Ron McDonald. Because I, I can't remember the last... I honestly can't remember the last time I've seen a commercial for McDonald's that had Ronald in it. And 
Honestly, the only reason, other than those commercials from the late 80s and 90s and whatnot from McDonald's around McDonald, the reason that Ronald McDonald kind of holds a significance in my life is because when I was about four years old and my mom, you know, having had lupus, her hands were really shaky and when she was trying to button up or zip up my snowsuit, she couldn't, you know, get her hand on the zipper. So to help, we uh, there was like a, a soft Ronald McDonald-like type of keychain thing that was attached to it. There's actually a picture of me with it. I will find that picture and put that on the Facebook page too. Because whenever I see Ronald McDonald, it's like it takes me right back. Because I remember being zipped up. And feeling so secure in that little snowsuit. And it's amazing some of the things, how far back a person can remember of their childhood. But that whenever I see Ronald McDonald's face, like that is exactly, it just takes me back. Yeah, the Fry Guys, yeah, they were the little colored pom-poms with the eyeballs and the legs growing out of the bottom. Yeah, it's like their legs, weren't they like? They were like candy cane striped. Just the look of innocence on Kimmy's face. She's like, are you kidding me? And Fernand's like, yes, of course. Oh, yo, big go, Fernando. Oh, here's Ramona. Oh, my God. Ramona comes up with a poster board. It looks like a family tree. Because it's a construction paper brown tree with, like, golden leaves on it and Ramona says mom I got the test results back and Ramona says <laughs> Ramona says mom I got the test results back and Kimmy's like whatever it is please tell me it's negative <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah she okay she did a DNA testing for the family tree project I gotta say those are not cheap. It was um twenty. Whoopsie, my uh, little cabbage patch fox fell down off the Boy Meets World box set. Get up there, you! Get back up. He's falling all over the place. Stay. He's gonna fall anyway. <laughs> so I think it was Christmas twenty nineteen is when I did the twenty three and Me thing where they send you like a little uh, a little tube that you're supposed to. Spin fit into the fill line and then I don't know how whether it's six weeks or a month or eight weeks that you get your results and it kind of gives you um I think I have my results on my phone I took like screenshots of it when it sent me an email all right so looking at my 23andMe results it says 99.9% European, 96.2% Northwestern European, 50.50% French and German, North Holland, Netherlands, something Germany, 13.1% Scandinavian. So it, it, it was just interesting. I, um, at my family's Christmas gathering 2019, I, I think they're talking about one of my cousins who had done that. And I was like, huh, I could do that. Oops, someone's following me. 
So, real quick before I go back into this scene, when Ramona mentions doing the DNA testing for the Family Tree Project, clearly it's something for school. Like I said, 23andMe, or really any type of DNA testing, is not cheap. It is very expensive. So, is the school expecting the kids to raise money more likely to pay for their own test kits? Or... Is this an optional thing? Or I just, I don't know. It just seems like it's pretty extravagant. I mean, definitely you're going to get, by giving over, you know, your DNA, you're going to be getting um, more possible concrete results versus, you know, just going with the basics, where are my grandparents from, and this and that. Which I believe also another thing, because 23andMe did have two separate ones. One is for like, do you have under any underlying health problems that run in your family you might not know about? And then of course there's one where, do you want to know what your D DNA is made of as far as like the results that I gave and stuff like that. So I, of course, I'm like, eh. I could have went for the health one, which honestly wouldn't have been a bad idea. But I'm like, nah, I kind of, I want to get a breakdown of my, my DNA and see, you know, what the results would be. Oh, okay. Oh, she had Kimmy and Fernando do that because she's like, remember when I had you both spit into cups and then swab the inside of your cheeks? And apparently with Fernando and Kimmy, you had to be a lot more specific than that. <laughs> uh. So Ramona says, you were watching The Voice. And Kimmy and Fernando like, oh yeah, yeah, that night, yep. <laughs> so she shows this poster board with construction. No, actually it's like fake fall flowers. What looks like a spattering of gold flecked glitter and painted brown tree branches and Ramona tells them my teacher said our parents should help us learn about our ancestors so Fernando says your mother and I would be happy to help but I already know that I'm a hundred percent Argentinian and Kimmy says and I come from a long line of proud British pickpockets pickpockets <laughs> And Kimmy goes on to say, in fact, 400 years ago, a Gibbler stole the very first fanny pack. I don't think fanny packs were, they definitely weren't fanny packs. They weren't called that. They might have existed in some shape or form or another, but they definitely weren't called a fanny pack. All right, so it says... If you Google history of the fanny pack or who invented the fanny pack, you'll inevitably find a story that says it was invented in 1962 by an Australian widow named Melba Stone, who was inspired by the pouch of a kangaroo. Interesting. I don't know. What is it? It says it's a, this thing here is a mandal with a built-in fanny, pa fanny pack from Nike? Good grief. So whether or not actually that is true, just going on the internet, looking up who invented the fanny pack or how it came in to be popular, a lot of different references. 
So Ramona goes on to tell Kimmy that she traced Kimmy's roots back six generations. Wow. <laughs> Turns out Kimmy is actually part French. Oh, this is so cool. What I thought was just a poster board. I mean, it is a poster board, but it literally opens up into, like, you think it's just the tree. That's the white part of the outside of the poster board, but it unfolds to, like, an inside section. Oh, that is awesome. She put so much work into this. Wow. And Kimmy can't believe it. She's like, no wonder I always order the French toast at Denny's. <laughs> Ramona turns to Fernando and says, and Papa, it turns out your great-great-great-grandfather on your mother's side was Herschel Horowitz, the Herring King of Havenhurst Heights. I don't know where that is. And... Apparently, Fernando is part Jewish, and he's cool with it. That's awesome. He speaks in, as subtitles say, Yiddish. But not only is Ramona learning about her family's heritage, but the results, of course, come as kind of a little bit of a surprise slash shock to Kimmy and Fernando. And this is, yeah, this is three different plots. We got Jimmy and Stephanie with the surrogates plot. We got... The subplots with Jackson acting out and Ramona and the family, her family tree. Berlina, <laughs> I am back from my race in Monte Carlo. Hi, baby. Mm. How did you do? Well, get this. I was so far in the lead, I stopped at Mickey D's for a Big Mac. <laughs> While I was taking a picture with Mayor McCheese, the Hamburglar stole my race car. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yes, of course. <laughs> Mom, Papa, I've got the test results. Whatever it is, please tell me it's negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, remember the DNA testing we did for my family tree project? Nope. <laughs> I had you both spit in cups and then swab the insides of your cheeks. You have to be more Aww. specific. <laughs> you were watching The Voice. Oh, oh, yeah, Well, here's our family tree. And my teacher said our parents should help us learn about our ancestors. Of course. Your mother and I are happy to help, but I already know I'm 100% Argentina. And I come from a long line of proud British pickpockets. In fact, legend has it that over 400 years ago, a gibbler <coughs> stole the very first fanny pack. Mom, I traced your roots back six generations, and it turns out you are actually part French. Sweet fromage. No wonder I always order the French toast at Denny's. And Papa, it turns out your great-great-great-grandfather on your mother's side was Herschel Horowitz, the Herring King of Havenhurst Heights. I'm part Jewish? All right, let's go back to the first plot, which is Jimmy and Stephanie in the living room. The doorbell rings, and Stephanie, of course, is excited. Like, all right, here's our first candidate. This could be the woman who's going to carry our child. They open the door, and in walks in a beautiful black woman who... Sadly, it's already pregnant. <laughs> she's already pregnant. Whether she's carrying her own child or maybe she's a surrogate for 
another couple. So the first thing that Stephanie says when she, you know, after she says this could be the woman who's going to carry our child, and she sees the woman whose name is Mindy already carrying one, Stephanie says to Jimmy, or somebody else's child. <laughs> and Mindy says there's no greater joy than bringing life into the world, carrying and bringing life into the world. And Stephanie's like, oh, it, it looks like you're, yes, you're already doing that. And she's carrying a baby for the Millers. And she says, you know, the Millers are behind on their payments. So if they back out, I mean, this baby's, you know, ready if you want it. It's like, uh, I, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I love Jimmy as he leans into Steph's like, I like her. Okay, candidate number two, who is in the middle of telling Jimmy and Stephanie about how you trick the parole board. Okay, Jimmy, you should have done a better job screening this one. <laughs> oh yeah, she says that's how you trick the parole board into thinking you're not crazy. And she's got like a New Yorkish, Brooklyn-ish accent. She's wearing flannel. She's got a t-shirt with the. She's got flaming red hair. <laughs> a t-shirt with an eagle on it. <laughs> and Stephanie just looks at Jimmy like she's smiling. Another great candidate. Thanks, Jimmy. Jimmy stands up with his clipboard. He's like, "All right, I got a real. I got a question here, and it's make or break. Sasquatch, real or fake?" And she, this girl, who we don't know her name, is actually really thinking on this. And Jimmy's like, take your time. There's a lot riding on this. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, fake. And the lady's, like, so proud of her answer. Like, I got it right, right? And Jimmy just looks at her like, sorry. She said real. But no, he says, take your time. There's a lot riding on this. Oh, my goodness. Maybe Steph should have handled the questionnaire because, uh, like, some real actual questions about the prospective candidate, prospective surrogate mother. <laughs> Poor Steph. <laughs> She's like, oh, puts a hand to her head like, oh, my gosh. Candidate number three. Clearly a no-go because she's smoking a ciggy right in the middle of the living room. And Stephanie's like, oh, well, thank you so much, but we're we're not interested in hiring a chain smoker. Lydia's is wild. She's like, I can quit any time. <laughs> yikes. Yikes. There's the door, sweetie. Have a good day. Don't call us. We, we definitely won't be calling you. <laughs> I want to know if that, if that saying... <laughs> originated from you what's the don't call us we'll call you i <laughs> what's up with this ladies i do it every morning i can quit at any time <laughs> stephanie opens the door and as the lady walks through it stephanie shouts try the patch <laughs> stephanie tells jimmy's like that was a terrible group of people we're gonna have to find a different surrogate agency I don't think Jimmy used an agency, do you? I don't think he did. No, he did not. He's like, oh, an agency. That's a great idea. Jimmy Gibbler, where did you find this group of people? Oh, 
he put an ad on Craigslist. Oh my gosh, how are you not been murdered at least three times over now? That is so dangerous. That is so dangerous. You let these people know where you live. Yeah, he put an ad on Craigslist under fun-loving couple seeking open-minded woman. Wow, that could be so many things. None of them good. Open couple seeking open-minded woman. <coughs> okay, Jimmy, here's our first candidate. This could be the woman who's going to carry our child. Hi! <laughs> no greater joy on earth than to carry and birth a baby. Aren't you kind of busy doing that right now? I am. But the Millers are behind on their payments. If they back out, I can make you a good deal on this one. Okay. <laughs> I like her. Oh, she's the less threatening of the three. the parole board? Is it thinking you're not crazy? It's another great candidate. I've got a question, and it's make or break. Sasquatch, real or fake? Take your time. There's a lot of writing on this. Fake. Take your time. There's a lot of writing on this. Uh, thank you so much, but we're we're not interested in hiring a chain smoker. <laughs> can quit any time. I do it every morning. Thanks. <laughs> Try the patch. <laughs> that was a terrible group of people. We're going to have to find a different surrogate agency. Oh, an agency. That's a great idea. I just put an ad on Craigslist under fun-loving couple seeking open-minded woman. <laughs> Doorbell rings. In comes Gia. <laughs> and here comes DJ with an air freshener can. Just complaining. Who is smoking in my house? She looks up. Oh, it's Gia. And she says, hey, this was not my fault. She says, it wasn't me this time. So Gia gets right to the point as she walks over to DJ and says, so Steph said you wanted to blame me for something? And DJ says, yes, your juvenile delinquent daughter is corrupting my sweet angelic son. And Gia looks at DJ and says, did you ever think that your sweet angelic son is corrupting my juvenile delinquent daughter? I came home to find her brushing her teeth and doing her homework. And Gia like sticks a finger in DJ's face and says, that's on you. So, Gia's like, hey, what's up, Steph? And Stephanie tells her how they spent the whole day interviewing baby surrogates. And Gia is surprised, like, well, why didn't you come to me? Yeah, she, Gia says, I'd love to throw my womb in the ring. And DJ, of course, has to voice her own opinion by saying, no, that's a terrible idea. DJ, this is a conversation that does not need to include you. But Steph's like, hold on, Deej, let's hear her out. I mean, I would love to 
have someone carry my baby, someone I know and trust. And yeah, I mean, she and Gia go back 20 years. That's a, that's a long time. And Gia says, you know, we've stood by each other in good times and bad. And I would love to see Steph realize her dream of motherhood, which is, that's so sweet. It, this takes a turn, of course. It is Gia, after all. Even DJ's like, wow, have I been wrong about you all these years? Gia says she would be more than happy to donate her services. Of course, she asks out of curiosity, who is footing the bill for this whole in vitro thing? Stephanie says her whole family raised money to be able to pay for it, which is awesome. <laughs> when Gia hears this, she's like, well, in that case, forget charity. I'm full price. She also starts talking about a benefit package. And DJ's like, nope, I wasn't wrong about you all these years. <laughs> Same old Gia. Oh, she's like, oh, before we get into my benefits package, how much drinking is too much when you're pregnant? And Stephanie says, any. And Gia's like, well, what about wine coolers? Oh, boy. <laughs> Stephanie's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, no, Gia says, I'm going to stop you right there. This this thing, I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, this isn't a good fit for me. Wow. <laughs> well, good thing, because I don't think it's a good fit for Steph either. DJ, of course, ending her commentary. Oh, dang it. That's so disappointing. And Gia's like, oh, you bet it is. I can get pregnant walking through a chillies. In fact, I have. Oh, Rocky. Girl, I feel so bad for you. Oh. <laughs> Gia leaves and Stephanie and DJ are just shaking their heads like, oh my gosh. It's always open. Dad? Gia! Who is smoking in my house? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, Gia. It wasn't me this time. So Steph said you wanted to blame me for something? Yes, I do. Your juvenile delinquent daughter is corrupting my sweet, angelic son. Do you ever think that maybe your sweet, angelic son is corrupting my juvenile delinquent daughter? <laughs> I caught her brushing her teeth and doing her homework. <laughs> That's on you. What's up, girl? We just wasted half a day interviewing baby surrogates. Why didn't you come to me? Love to throw my womb in the ring. <laughs> uh, no, that's a terrible idea. Uh, no, hold on, Deej. I mean, it would be great to have somebody that I know and trust. I mean, Gia and I go back over 20 years. Yeah, we've stood by each other through good times and bad. Uh, I would love to see Steph realize her dream of motherhood. Aww. That's so sweet. Wow. I've been wrong about you all these years. And I'd be happy to donate my services. Oh, just out of curiosity, who's footing the bill for this whole in vitro thing? My entire family is chipping in to cover everything. Oh, well, in that case, forget charity. I'm full price. <laughs> I was right all along. So before we get into my benefits package, oh, how no. much drinking is too much when you're pregnant? There will be no drinking. Any drinking. Yeah. So just wine coolers? None. Yeah, you know, I think... You know, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't think this is a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. oh, dang it, that's so disappointing. Yeah, whatever, Dee. Oh, you bet it is. 
I can get pregnant walking through a Chili's. You probably could, I'm sure. And I have. <laughs> oh, well, we know where Rocky originated from. All right, so let's go back up to upstairs to the boys' room, Max and Jackson's, and visit with Plot B. I am getting such Stephanie and Gia from Breaking Away where clothes, pizza boxes are just littered all over the floor. You can barely walk into the room. And Max, of course, just like Michelle, is just shocked and like, what is this? And Max is like, I pop out to the farmer's market and I come home to this? Jackson and Rocky are hanging out on his bed. They're not making out. They're just, I don't know, flipping through a magazine or something. Maybe they're doing homework. Ew! Max goes over to his bed and lying on top of his comforter is Jackson's tidy whities His undies. Gross! It's like, ew! And flings it over and it lands on Jackson's bed. Look at, they got a box of crackers or cookies they got looks like a takeout container they got a bowl full of maybe the stuff that was in that snack box that and just food all literally all over the place what are they doing jackson takes a wrapper rolls it up he's like trash ball throws it and it lands on max's bed rocky's like scores Shootsy scores! Like, ugh. Gross! Now, if I were DJ, I'd like, Rocky, you need to go. Jackson, you get this room cleaned up or you're going to be grounded for a month. And Max turns to look at Rocky and Jackson. He's like, you dirty animals! Max screams for DJ and Jackson's like, mama's boy. And Max says, yeah, I'm proud of it. DJ comes up, she's like, Max, what is the, and she's like, oh my landfill, because that's what it looks like. So Rocky takes this as her cue to leave, she's like, oh, I hate to leave a good time, but see, that's why this is so easy, and she looks at DJ, she's like, adios, DJ, it's Mrs. Mrs. Fuller to you, girl. So Max is like, Make Jackson clean up this mess. Oh, and you just know that Jackson is going to get mouthy. And like I said, I haven't watched this episode since I originally watched it when the episodes dropped on Netflix. But I get a feeling like he is really pushing her buttons. He's really pushing this rebellion thing as far as he can. So Jackson is just, he's so laid back. He's like, everybody chill. I'll get to it when I get to it. Yes, DJ, thank you. She says, it's one thing to change your look, but this new attitude is unacceptable. And Jackson fires back with, well, you better get used to this because I finally found the real me. Really? Until Rocky came along, he was just average action Jackson. Now he's all, look at me, I'm being a punk. I'm edgy because I put blue in my hair. And I wear some faux leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, and he has, and I'm bad to the bone. No, you're not. Max, of course, adds, there's only one solution here. Military school. Well, 
I don't know about that just yet. Perry's just coloring his hair, changing his wardrobe, and being disrespectful. <laughs> Max is like, oh, and I just uh, happen to have the pamphlets underneath his keyboard. <laughs> Max would, wouldn't he? Max, <laughs> Jackson takes the pamphlet from Max and just tosses it on his bed. DJ's like, Jackson, clean up your mess and then take out the trash. She's had it. She's done. She's over his attitude. Yeah, and just like I'm sure Danny has said to the girls at one point or another, as long as you're going to live under my roof, you're going to live by my rules. Gosh, this makes me think of when Danny is uh, telling Steph to clean up her room. He's like, if this room isn't up to Tanner's standards, you're going to be grounded for a week. Was it a week or a couple weeks? And he's like, Bigfoot will be seen around this neighborhood more than you. <laughs> DJ walks out and Jackson's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. DJ pops her head back in and says, uh, did you say something? And he's like, uh, no, ma'am. I popped out to the farmer's market and I come home to this. Ew. Ew. Yeah, gross. Trash ball. He shoots. No, you're not. There's only one solution here. Military school. And I just happen to have the pamphlets. <laughs> Jackson, clean up your mess and then take out the trash. As long as you're living under my roof, you're going to live by my rules. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we'll see about that. Did you say something? No, ma'am. So, Ramona is sitting at the kitchen table eating a bunch of cheese and bread. Cammie comes in wearing a red, white, and blue striped short sleeve shirt with a mini accordion and wearing a salmon-colored beret. She looks really adorable. Oh, and she's singing Frere Jaca. Is there, there's a giant, a wet, huge slice, like almost an entire cheesecake size of some type of uh, cheese of sort. There's also croissants, baguettes, there's different types of jams just covering this kitchen table. Kimmy's putting on this French accent. She's like, we will drink wet red wine and we will smoke cigarettes all night. Uh, what? No, thank you. And Kimmy just goes on and on. And I love Ramona's response. Like, 
Yeah, this isn't going to get old. She's pretending to be a mime. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, Fernando is being Jewish. Look at that bonum. Blech, you smell like fish. Stop kvetching. I got us a spread to die for. You got your pickle herring, your smoked herring, your white fish, your kippers, and your cod. I got half the ocean here. <coughs> Papa, just because one distant relative sold fish, it doesn't mean you have to turn into him. I'm embracing the heritage of my beloved Herschel Horowitz, the herring king of Haven Maybe you shouldn't have told them that. Oi, my sciatica. <laughs> when I was younger, like a cat, I could climb. I know you guys are just trying to help with my project, but really, you're not helping. Well, why didn't you say something? I've gained five pounds since this morning. I've been living on snails and butter. Oh. So... Yeah, kind of to, to quickly go over this with uh, Fernando coming in <laughs> with his um, Jewish accent and <laughs> bringing in all types of jarred herring, smoked, and uh, what whatever the, <laughs> the other one was. Pickled, I think was the other. Pickled, smoked, and... Ramona's had enough of this. I think at this point she's like, gosh, I really, really wish I hadn't have told them these results because they kind of went to the extreme on this. And she even tells Fernando, it's like, just because one distant relative sold herring doesn't mean you need to become him. And the same goes for Kimmy. She says, I've gained five pounds just this morning by eating snails and butter. Isn't it? Snails, that's like escargot, right? I've never had it. I, I don't think I want to. No. Gross. I mean, to each their own. If you love it, that's awesome. If you want to, if you've had it before and you can describe the taste to me. Actually, I could probably even look that up online if I really wanted to know. You know, I'm going to do that. There's many different variations. Escargot's taste and texture resemble those of clams. Snails are often said to taste like fish or chicken. With the earthiness reminiscent of mushrooms. Uh, 
Okay, um, so I don't know what this is. Escargot tastes like dirt, something like mushrooms meet calamari. Dark and dirty tasting, but in a good way. Slightly chewy, but definitely not tough. The snail's paste was followed by soul and Brussels sprouts for me and wild boar and apples for blah, blah, blah. It's a, oh, it's a blog. Oh, this is from someone's blog. Okay, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fernando is just imitating who he thinks his relative Herschel would be liking. It seems like classic stereotype uh, Jewish slang and phrases, and it's, you know, it's played for laughs. He starts singing, is it Have a Nagata? I don't, I'm not sure. And <laughs> Kimmy goes back to the little mini handheld accordion thing <laughs> it's good I uh, I feel bad for Ramona it's like you didn't need to take these two th these things so seriously Kimmy and Fernando but when they go hard on something whether it's you know this or something I mean they go they are dedicated they go all the way admire that about Kimmy and Fernando. I mean, yes, they're goofy. Yes, we joke and laugh and everything like that with their funny antics, but we, at the end of the day, we do respect that they are good parents to Ramona. And I like that Ramona is the level-headed middle one who can bring her parents back down to earth when they get a little too out in outer space. Like, come back down to earth, Mama and Papa. Oh, in the world did Jackson do this without the rest of his family knowing? I'll never know because how many times have we asked this question when Stephanie or Michelle or DJ have done something very similar and no one in the house is the wiser until they just happen upon it. Yes, Jackson's got his bed his whole bedroom set, basically, along with desk, globe, pencil cup that looks like a soda can, Cosmos hanging out on the bedspread, the comforter. He's even got his headboard. All the, the oh! He's even got a lamp! What you think would have to be plugged in? Does he have an extension cord dragged all the way out from just into the kitchen, out to the backyard? I don't know. You know that stuff isn't going to be protected against the elements. It's going to get rained on. It's going to get ruined. <laughs> Jackson's like, ah, home sweet home. Here comes DJ wondering, what is her son up to now? My guess is he's like, well, you said my house, my rules. If I live under your roof, I have to abide by your rules. Well... Now, the outside is my roof. Yeah, but, buddy, you're still on her property. So, well, actually, it's Danny's house and Danny's property, but still. But, no, at first she kind of comes out like, mm, like you, what you've done with the place. And he's like, yeah, thanks. I love the high ceiling. I love how Cosmo's just chilling on the bed. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much says, you said I have, if I live, don't live under your roof, I have to live by your rules, so here I am, not under your roof. And DJ's like, you know, I, I get it. I mean, when I was a kid, I got mad at my dad, and I moved into the garage, 
Which is interesting because this is brought up in the episode Moving Day, Season 1, Episode 2, which I will cover. Interesting she's bringing this up again. My guess is he's kind of like, yeah, Mom, I heard this story already, or something like that. So, yeah, she says, you know, you can have your little moment. She understands, you know, he's he's rebelling, he's testing her. <laughs> she goes back inside the house, and Jackson's like, well, Cosmo, I guess it's just you and me. My guess is Cosmo's going to go into the house as soon as he hears, like, Cosmo, do you want a snack? Or, Cosmo, do you want some something or whatever? Oh, yeah, he's like, well, Cosmo, it's just you and me. Best friends till, best friends till the end. DJ calls, Cosmo, dinner time. Well, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, Cosmo pretty much leaves Jackson in the dust, and Jackson's just like, mama's dog. You'd come running, too, if uh, it was your din-din time. Oh, I like how he's got a little... Um toothbrush and uh, toothpaste in a cup on his it's kind of like a nightstand it's like a three shelf nightstand thing ah home sweet home <laughs> love what you've done with the place thanks I love the high ceiling look you said if I live under your roof I have to follow your rules so here I am not under your roof Okay, I get it. Yeah, when I was a kid, I got mad at my dad and I moved into the garage, so just, you could have your little moment. Well, Cosmo, it's just you and me. Best friends till the end. Cosmo, dinner time! <laughs> Why does she sound like she's talking in an empty room? Mama's dog. Alright, so we are inside the kitchen. We have Max looking out the kitchen window at Jackson. <laughs> and DJ is asking him, like, hey, how's he doing out there? And Max says, I think his phone died because he's actually reading a book. And DJ is whipping up some delicious hot cocoa and, of course, some Rice Krispie treats. Or Rice Krispie Squares, however you want to say it. Of course, we cut to Jackson outside, and what's it doing? It's raining, which, of course, it's not like he's got a canopy overhead to keep his bed from getting ruined and himself from getting drenched and probably getting a cold. And <laughs> Jackson's like, oh, come on, not tonight. I know what I'm trying to make a point. Like, seriously? And the book has, like, a leather, like, a brown leather cover. It almost makes me think of, like, in art class when you could, like, stamp images into um, leather. Jeremy actually has something, like, a round little coaster with his name on it that he's had since he was in high school. And I know I think I've done something like that, but I didn't hold on to what I had created. I can't even remember what I had created. He's trying. He holds a book over his head like that's going to keep the, the rain from uh, hitting him. So DJ and Max come out with the cup of hot chocolate and the Rice Krispie Squares. 
And they're trying to tempt him to come back inside. So, she, yeah, she's really like, hey, Max, how are you enjoying your delicious snack, your Rice Krispie Treat and your hot cocoa? And Max acts like he's doing a commercial for Rice Krispie Treats. Just the words, the gooiness, the deliciousness of the Rice Krispie Treat. It's like, I just watching him, like, bite into that Rice Krispie Treat. He's like, let's just take a because it clearly the Rice Krispie Treat does, it looks like it's been sitting for a bit because it's kind of like a, like the ones you get in a box at the, at the store are kind of, I'm not saying like they're hard, but they don't come away as easily. Whereas say you make your own homemade, they come right out of the oven and they're just pull apart ooey gooey deliciousness. Not that hers aren't great. I'm sure they're awesome. And I've never had it with hot chocolate before. Actually, I do have a box of Swiss Miss hot chocolate packets with Lucky Charms that I still need to get to. Lando Lakes used to have they still have some, but one particular flavor that I don't think they make anymore is the cinnamon hot chocolate. And I just, I loved it. It was so good. And Matt, it just, it seems like he's just auditioning for a Rice Krispies commercial. He's like, I'm cool. Because she asked, like, how is it? And he's like, oh, I'm glad you asked. This is the tastiest, gooeyest treat ever. You know Jackson's kind of looking like, uh, he, he wants to give in, but he still wants to make, you know, a point of, I want to be independent and, you know, make a stand here with, you know, how he's been acting and everything like that. And <laughs> Max, of course, like, life's so easy when you follow the rules. <laughs> like, really trying to hit that home. I love how he's taking a sip of the hot chocolate and he just slowly glides back into the kitchen. <laughs> and DJ says, you know, these and other delicious snacks are available to all who live under my roof. <laughs> and was like, oh, well, I'd rather be out here enjoying the most delicious snack of all, freedom. And he's sticking his tongue out getting raindrops in his mouth. Ew. I don't know about any of you all, but when it rains, you want to know what it reminds me of? Dead fish. It smells like dead fish. But then again, that's just me. Maybe you think rain smells like dirty socks or something. And DJ, of course, like, hello. You know, it's raining. Like, it's getting a little wet out there, don't you think, Jackson? Don't you think you want to come in? And he's like, oh, no. These are just the quiet tears of Mother Nature gently replenishing the earth. Oh, God. Right after he says that and goes back to his book, we hear thunder rumbling. Like, nah, you have proven your point. You need to go inside. DJ clearly realizes that hot cocoa and Rice Krispie treats are not going to bring her eldest son back into the house. So... She gets an umbrella and says, we need to talk about this. And she sits down with Jackson, of course, you know, shares the umbrella with him. And she flat out says, you know, you were a jerk today. 
And the thing that I'm thinking of when the guys, you know, punish the girls or, well, they would sit down and, you know, talk with them, dep- you know, depending on how their behavior and everything, not one of, none of them ever called Michelle a brat, saying, Michelle, you're acting like a brat right now, although I'm probably sure in the back of their mind that's what they're thinking. But, yeah, she flat out says, you were a jerk today. She, yeah, she she puts down the hot cocoa and Rice Krispie Treats and is like, all right, enough is enough. I'm coming out there. And Jasmine's like, well, you're going to get wet. And she's like, I'll take my chances with this umbrella. So she starts with saying, you know, I have a theory about what's happening here, and I don't believe that this is the real you. She tells him, the Jackson I know is sweet, kind, and considerate. I, I get it, being a teenager, having been there, yes, we're all a little rebellious. We're all testing our limits to see what we can and can't get away with. That's the awkward teenage years. But there's a difference between trying new things and pushing the envelope of your parents' your, your parents' temper and everything. But it's being downright disrespectful. Him saying, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Or maybe I will take out the trash and maybe I won't. And this and that. It's like, no, they tell you to do something. You might not want to do it, but you do it. Think about your parents. They feed you. They clothe you. The least you can do is help around the house. I mean, think about it. If you take those things like, I'm not going to unfold my own clothes. I'm not going to do, you know, the dishes. I'm not going to, you know, and help out and do that. It's like. Think about it. When you move out of your house and you're on your own or say you have a roommate or say you end up living with someone, those habits, if you don't correct them growing up, will follow you as you get older. And when you're living with another person, you just, you don't want to bring that into a living scenario. You don't want someone's like, wow, you live like a pig. You don't do the dishes. You don't fold your own clothes. You don't put your clothes away. Your room's a mess. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, as an adult, I mean, it seems like that's not a bad break. What your parents are asking you to do, simple little things. Taking out the trash, putting your clothes away putting your clothes away. Look at me. <laughs> my husband folds uh, my clothes, does the laundry. I, of course, do the, the dishes. What do I do to the folded clothes? I put them on the dresser and leave them there while I'm going, you know, I'll pick something off the pile. That's what I'm talking about, is that these habits that we develop as teenagers, if we don't correct them, those are the habits we're going to take into adulthood and... It's not always going to chill when you're living with another person. Now, I've never heard my husband complain about that, but... But just the, the point I'm making is with Jackson, it's like, just, you don't need to be disrespectful to make a point to your mother. You don't... If you want to change things up, because she actually asks if this has anything to do with Rocky. And... At first, he's like, no, it really, it, it doesn't. But then she kind of gets on the fact, like, you like like her, right? And she's like, you got a crush on her. And the thing is, saying how Rocky kissed him, 
And I like how he kind of brings back Lola, his first girlfriend, into the situation. He says, it wasn't like a grandma Lola kiss, where she's just pecking him on the cheek or a quick half a second peck on the lips. This was a kiss kiss. And I really feel going along in the relationship of Rocky, <coughs> excuse me, and Jackson, <coughs> my goodness, she makes him work for that relationship and she holds him accountable for his actions. Remember when he made a joke about how she was dressed at prom and she pretty much just, I'm not going to say she ghosted him because that's the uh, teen term that the kiddos use nowadays, but she was not going to stay in a relationship where he's making fun of her to impress his, you know, football buddies. Anyway, let's get back to the topic at hand of DJ's talk with Jackson. Yeah, when she says the Jackson I know is kind and sweet and considerate, he says, oh, that was all an act. I'm not buying that at all. Yeah, he's like, I'm a rebel, as he thinks to himself. <laughs> eh, you are not a rebel, buddy. You try, but you're not. But again, DJ harkens back to this whole Rocky being a bad influence on Jackson. And he says, this ain't got nothing to do with Rocky. And she says, are you sure? Because you're dressing like her, you're acting like her. And DJ, I don't know whether she just, because she associates Rocky with Gia, because they're, you know, daughter and mother, and just DJ's downright dislike of Gia. And the thing is, we never got any of this from Full House in the last season, which is where DJ, which is where Stephanie and Gia became friends to begin with and they got more close. I'm, I honestly, I've seen the episodes a bunch of times in regards to Full House and I don't remember ever a line of dialogue passing between them other than them using Stephanie as a go-between. Like, um, Stephanie's Wild Ride, when Gia comes with the guys and is like, hey, Steph, you coming or not? I thought you said your sister was cool. But then again, think about it. We never saw Steph's high school years. So more likely... I can see maybe Gia did have more of an influence, probably even going Stephanie going through high school, which I would have loved to have known what high school was like for Stephanie. So, yeah, Dawn's on her is she asked Jackson, do you like her like her? And he immediately, no. I mean, she punches me really hard and makes fun of me. And then Jackson gets this goofy grin on his face, like, but she smells really good, and she's a great kisser. Of course, DJ's like, wait, what? What, what, what kissing? <laughs> and then he says, but do I like her like her? No. I think, yeah, he does. It's like, but this is a conversation that I don't think any of the girls ever had with the guys in regards to who they were dating. Uh, uh, except for lovers and other tanners. And, but I'm really thinking of the episode, the apartment 
where Danny sits down with DJ at the end of the episode and explains to her, you know, this is a big change. You're going out with a, a boy that has his own apartment. Um, another one, Fives a Crowd, when DJ goes with Pete to the drive-in. And actually, all three guys are talking about DJ, you know, going out on dates. And Joey says, you know, you going out with guys, that's a whole new thing for us. So I guess I'm wrong in my thinking that the guys have never broached the subject with dating. But I kind of think the making out is hard to do where Danny ends up catching Steph in a lie when she goes over to Gia's for that makeout party. And I'm kind of thinking if maybe Ben is where he mentions maybe the influence that Gia is having on you isn't particularly healthy. I don't like these changes that I'm seeing in you and you need to make sure you're being true to yourself and who you are. And not just making changes about yourself because you want to emulate someone else and impress them. So she's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You kissed Rocky? And he's like, well, technically she kissed me. But it wasn't one of those Lola grandma kisses either. He says Rocky's kiss kind of rocked his world. Well, I think it did take him by surprise that somebody is being so forthright in their affection towards Jackson, where Jackson really, with Lola, he just, you saw in season one, he really, really was trying too, too hard. In fact, as I said, have said, bordering on obsession that is very, very unhealthy. I get it. He's a teenage boy. But there are things called limits and boundaries, and you do need to watch your actions. Granted, I don't think there's ever a time that Lola, I mean, if she had a problem with Jackson where she was uncomfortable, she would let him know. Like, I like you, Jackson, as a friend, but how you're progressing with this is really, I don't feel comfortable. But DJ realizes, she's like, yeah, no, all makes sense. You've got a crush on her. Well, Jackson is 15 at this point. When DJ was 15, she and Steve started dating right around that 15, 16 years. What? No, it was 15 because I think Kimmy turns 16 before DJ does. Possibly. And, and Jackson's like, I don't know, maybe I do. And maybe I'm not all that tough. Like, buddy, you don't have to be tough to impress this girl. She already likes you for you. Why do you think she's coming over and hanging out with you? If she didn't like you, she wouldn't come over. Just, I, I love, I mean, I know I goof on Jackson. He's a goofy guy. He says, you know, funny, dumb things. He's the comedic relief in a way. But deep down, this kid does have a good heart. And I gotta say, I like Michael Campion's take on the character of Jackson. Actually, all the kids, really. I mean, Sonny Bringus, with what she brings to the table for Ramona, Elias, when he's, you know, bringing his 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 smarts, his goofy, his, his witty comebacks and everything with Mac, just all of everyone. These kids all bring everything they got in them to the table when it comes to these characters. 
And for that, I honestly, I applaud all these kids. They do amazing work. And not just the, I mean, you know, Candace and Jody and Andrea all grew up on the set of Full House for eight years. Well, and, you know, the Olsen twins. But I like that because these kids basically might have done a couple things prior to Fuller House, but they have these girls that have grown up in the industry to help these kids along and kind of help them kind of find their way as, you know, you know, actors and and everything and, you know, being on a sitcom. And I just, I think that's so great. And just, you you watch the behind the scenes stuff on, on YouTube with the Messet Twins channel and you see the actors and actresses, you know, and the kids all interacting. It's like there are a family off screen and on screen. And when that happens, you see that on screen encapsulated. And I'm going to go out, I'm just going to say this, you know, and this is teenage me. This is 13, 15 year old me. I would be honored to like a guy like Jackson's character. He is sweet. He's endearing. He goes the extra mile to make the girl he likes. You know, he, he, he does Amazing big grand gestures doesn't mean that he has to do it, but he does. And he, when he, he likes someone, he is like all in. And I think maybe that's something we all kind of, a part of us want in, in, in a relationship. We want somebody that's going to be all in. So Jackson says, but if I'm being brutally honest right now, all I want is a cup of hot cocoa and some fresh PJs. That bed is going to be ruined. There is no saving that mattress. There is no saving that mattress. Maybe if you get the um, the sheets and what comforter and whatnot and the wash. But anything else that's being rained on is ruined. Okay, so she says, no, no, not yet. And this is where she said, you acted like a real jerk today. But yeah, I mean, even though she... You know, I was talking to her son about, you know, love and relationships and stuff. We, it's like, no, we still have to deal with your attitude and your actions today, which led you to come out here in the first place. And he says, I'm sorry. And she's like, I get it. You know, you're a teenager now. And she says, you know, and you're going to go through different phases. And this is some good wisdom from DJ. She says, never lose sight of who you are just to impress a pretty girl. Jackson asks, you think she's pretty? And DJ says, well, maybe. I mean, under all that dark makeup. DJ says, right now, she looks like Marilyn Manson. Jackson is such a teenager, he asks, is she pretty? And DJ just says, mm, Google it. <laughs> He's going to be so surprised. Marilyn Manson's, oh, okay. So he's like, Want a hug? And she's like, sure. And she's like, oh, 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 cold, cold. What, what? Let's go get some hot chocolate. You know, Jeremy says the same thing after I've washed my hair and I go give him a hug. He's like, your wet hair is all over me. Ooh. I'm like, it's just wet hair. Oh, my gosh. How's Jackson doing now? I think his phone died. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because he's reading a book. <laughs> 
Oh, it's starting to rain. Oh, come on, not tonight. Not when I'm trying to make a point. Oh, man. Hey, Jackson, look. Rice Krispie treats and hot cocoa. Mmm. Max, how are you enjoying your delicious snack? Mmm, uh, glad you asked. <laughs> this is the tastiest, gooeyest treat ever. <laughs> You're really selling that Rice Krispie Life's treat. Life's so easy when you follow the rules. Oh, Max. <laughs> These and other delicious snacks are available to all who live under my roof. Well, I'd rather be out here enjoying the greatest snack of all. Freedom! It's getting a little wet out there. Just the quiet tears of Mother Nature gently replenishing the earth. Oh, uh, now you got thunder to worry about. Okay, enough's enough. I'm coming out there. You're gonna get wet. Not with this. We need to talk. You wanna share my umbrella? Well, I don't need it, but if it makes you happy, knock yourself out. <laughs> well, I have a theory about hmm. what's really happening here. I don't believe that this is the real you. Jackson, I know, is sweet, kind, considerate. That was all an act. I'm a rebel. <laughs> Are you really? Or is Rocky just a really bad influence? This ain't got nothing to do with Rocky. Are you sure? Because you're dressing like her, you're acting like her, but she put you under some evil spell. Wait a second. Do you like her like her? No. <laughs> she punches me really hard and makes fun of me. But she smells really good and she's a great kisser. But do I like her like her? No. Whoa, oh, wait, back up. You kiss Rocky? Well, technically she kissed me, but it wasn't one of those Lola drama kisses either. It kind of rocked my world. Now it all makes sense. You've got a crush on her. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm not all that tough. Because if I'm being brutally honest right now, all I want is a cup of hot cocoa and some fresh PJs. Uh, not yet. You acted like a real jerk today. I'm sorry. I get it. You're a teenager now, and... You're going to go through different phases, but <laughs> never lose sight of who you are just to impress a pretty girl. You think she's pretty? <laughs> oh, maybe. Under all that dark makeup. Right now, she looks like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh. Is she pretty? Uh. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Want a hug? Of course. Hey, you're wet. And buy him a new bed, because that's ruined. Alright, looks like DJ is folding up Jackson's bedding. So it looks like some... I hope she bought him a new mattress, because that wet... That wet that's not... You, you can't save that. So DJ yells up to the boys, don't be late, it's picture day. Here comes Max, and what... We tend to see him with the briefcase and the nice clothes. He is wearing 
a very cute suit. And he's got his hair kind of parted on the side. He's, of course, I'm sure got like a bow tie because he's Max. Oh, no, he's got a, a red, white, and blue striped tie. Oh, he looks so handsome. And the gold buttons on the suit. Oh, beautiful. What a, oh, he's adorable. I love how he does a little turnaround for DJ. Like, look. And DJ says, you look like a morning host on Fox and Friends. Apparently that was the look Max was going for because he's like, Ugh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> so she gives him a kiss, sends him on his way and says, think of me when you smile. Let me guess. He says, I always do. No, he didn't say anything. <laughs> so Jackson comes in looking, you know, just regular, average, normal. And DJ's surprised. She's like, oh, Jackson, your hair, it looks so boring. Uh, she says, oh, I love it. And she gives him a hug. Aw. Here comes Rocky. She's like, oh, look, it's Mama and her mama's boy. So I guess Jackson decides to be upfront with Rocky as he's like, you know what? I've decided I'm not a blue hair, ripped jeans, and leather jacket kind of guy. DJ, this conversation does not concern you. Because she's like, yeah, you tell her. I love how Rocky looks at her like, um, since when did this conversation include you? <laughs> and DJ's like, and you know what else, Rocky? And Jackson puts up a hand It's like, Mom, please. <laughs> He's a big boy. Let him do his own explaining. Yeah, she's, I'll go be in the other room. Yes, you go be in the other room, DJ. Stop being a helicopter mom. At least right now. Rocky says, please tell me you didn't take out the trash. And Jackson smiles and says, yeah, first thing in the morning, right after I emptied the dishwasher. So Rocky's like, eh, oh well, I tried, and she turns to go. And Jackson's like, you know what, Rocky, maybe I am a mama's boy. No shame in that pleasing your parents. Come on now. And yeah, I agree with him. He's like, what's so bad about being respectful and a good guy? He says, look, if you don't like me for the way I am, then then you don't have to hang out with me. And she looks at him and asks, are you standing up to me? And he says, I guess I am. Good for you. Good for you, McNuggets. You keep doing you. You keep standing up for yourself. <laughs> I, I did not plan that. Because she says, hmm, look who finally grew some McNuggets. <laughs> I did not know she was going to say that. <laughs> I guess she and I think alike. <laughs> Audience loves it. They clap like, woo, yeah. Confident Jackson. Rocky says, I'm impressed. And <laughs> Jackson's like, aw, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. And she says, yeah, well, don't get used to it. Let me guess, she pops him in the arm. <laughs> she doesn't pop him in the shoulder. She pops him like in the in the bicep, like, just below the shoulder, like, really, like, not a friendly, like, oh, yo, more like a, like, ah, my, my arm, Jackson's like, I knew that was coming, and I just stood there, I love how Rocky is standing against the front door, looking at Jackson, and just with a nod of her head, kind of like, are you coming, or are you not, it's like, oh, right, Like a morning host on Fox and Friends. Nailed it. 
include picture names. Think of me when you smile. Okay, Mom, ready for picture day. Jackson, your hair, it's so boring. <laughs> I love it. Oh, look, it's Mama and her mama's boy. You know what? I've decided I'm not a blue hair, ripped jeans, and leather jacket kind of guy. <coughs> yeah, you tell her. DJ, please. And you know what else, Rocky? Mom. Go to the kitchen. Yeah. In the other room. <laughs> Please tell me you didn't take out the trash. First thing in the morning, <laughs> right after I emptied the dishwasher. Oh well, I tried. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I am a mama's boy. But what's so bad about being respectful and a good guy? Look, if you don't like me for the way that I am, then you don't have to hang out with me. Are you standing up to me? Guess I am. Look who finally grew some McNuggets. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. Oh, it's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah. Well, don't get used to it. I knew that was coming and I just stood there. Alright, so it looks like it's later that day. DJ's coming in from working at the pet clinic, and she says, you know, I hope that Matt comes back soon. It's been really hectic. And Stephanie's sitting at the kitchen table on her laptop, and DJ's kind of, you know, asking her how her day went. So Stephanie took it upon herself to interview 15 more sur surrogates, but unfortunately none of them felt right. Well, honestly, if they don't feel right, then don't. Just go with your gut feeling. You don't have to just pick someone because you want to have a child that badly. It's got to be the right fit. It's a big, big decision. Stephanie says, you know, I only have this one chance to have a baby. Well, you should come more than one. You won't know that until season five. She says, you know, I only have this one chance to have a baby, but I just can't find somebody that I really trust. DJ went to the doctor to see if she could actually do it, if she could carry a baby for Stephanie. But she said it was And of course, most likely due to DJ's age, the doctor did say it was too risky, because at this point, she is 40. So, And they do say, once you get into your 30s, the closer you get to 40, it, you, there's nothing stopping you from deciding to have a baby it's just the risks are a lot higher not just for the mother for but also for the baby itself so that's also things you take into consideration and stephanie just like you're like thank you for trying and stephanie's just i mean she's stressed you know i'm just worried i'm never gonna find the right person and if it's meant to be i mean the stars are gonna align and it's gonna work out and DJ says, oh, you will, because I found her for you. And Stephanie's like, what are you talking about? Who? She, DJ, instead of answering, hands Stephanie the wine glass and says, here, have a sip. And she's like, frankly, tilting the bottle, or not the bottle, the glass into Stephanie's. I was like, have a little more. 
She's like practically like forcing that glass of wine, which there wasn't much in the bottle to begin with. <laughs> like, you're gonna need to drink a bit before you hear who I am suggesting. Gigi says, okay, come in. Kimmy comes in and she says, did someone order womb service? Audience loves it. They love this idea, and honestly, I was on board with it too. Stephanie's like, one moment, please. She picks up the wine glass and just <laughs> like, I need more of this. Stephanie's like, Kimmy Gibbler and DJ tell Stephanie, yeah, she went with me to the doctor today. I got okay. I, I oh, I, I, I love Kimmy's. Is it a shirt? Is it part of a dress? I can't really tell. But it's like a sky blue with clouds, and it's got an adorable giraffe face on it. Her shirt, I just, oh. And DJ explains to Stephanie, it turns out she, Kimmy, is your perfect surrogate. And Stephanie, <laughs> Kimmy's like, just beaming, like, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> and Stephanie's like, uh, not me. And apparently Kimmy has thought this all through. Which makes sense because she is the sister of of Jimmy and everything, and they already know Kimmy, so. And this is just so sweet. Kimmy says, I want to do this for you. And for my brother. <laughs> so sweet. And Stephanie says, we're talking a nine-month commitment. Stephanie, you do know that she you know, did the nine-month commitment thing with Ramona, right? <laughs> She's She has experience. She's done it before. And, and Stephanie's acting like Kimmy's never had a baby before. It's like, you know, weight gain, swollen ankles, morning sickness. And Kimmy's like, oh, maybe I didn't think this all through. Kimmy, sweetie, come on, you've been through this with Ramona. I know that was, like, 15 years ago, but honestly, I don't see a better candidate than Kimmy. I mean, the audience, we all love Kimmy. We all know Kimmy. The family knows Kimmy. It's not like you're bringing in somebody that you don't know from the outside and us having to get used to, you know, something like that. And this is just a proven thing that will bring Stephanie and Kimmy. We know they've never really seen eye to eye. We've seen them grow up together in Full House. So I like that they're pulling them both together and uniting them in something beautiful and bringing them closer as as friends. Kimmy takes Stephanie's hands and says, but I would consider it an honor to ruin my body for you. And DJ says, aw, this is the best she-wolf moment ever. And Stephanie says, of all the people in the world to do this for me, I... I never, ever, ever, ever dreamed it would be you. As Timby says, I love you, Kimmy Gibbler. Oh! And Kimmy says, I love you too, Steph. And Kimmy hug. Kimmy and Stephanie hug, and DJ, of course, she wants to be in on the hug. Full she wolf hug. And DJ, <laughs> Kimmy's like, okay, now let's go make a baby. <laughs> the uncomfortable, the, the look of utter, like, what? Because <laughs> she's looking over at DJ, like, what? what? And DJ's like, I'm sure she didn't mean that the way it sounded. They all drink some wine and they cheer. 
day today. Hope Matt comes back to work soon. So, how'd it go today? I interviewed 15 more surrogates, but none of them felt right. You know, I only have this one chance to have a baby, but I just can't find somebody that I really trust. Well, that's why I went to the doctor today to see if I could do it, but she said it was too risky. Oh, thanks for trying. You know, I'm just I'm worried I'm never going to find the right person. Oh, you will, because I found her for you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Who? Here, have a sip. <laughs> <laughs> one moment, please. Yeah, she's gonna choke that one again. <laughs> Jimmy Gibbler? She went with me to the doctor today, and it turns out she is your perfect surrogate. Who'd have thunk it? Not me. <laughs> I've thought this all through. I want to do this for you and for my brother. We're talking a nine-month commitment, you know, a weight gain, swollen ankles, morning sickness. Maybe I didn't think this all through. <laughs> but I would consider it an honor to ruin my body for you. <laughs> oh, this is the best she-wolf moment ever. Of all the people in the world to do this for me, I, I never, ever, ever, ever... Dreamed it would be you. I love you, Kimmy Gibbler. I love you too, Steph. Now let's go make a baby. I'm so sure she didn't mean that the way it sounded. <laughs> Have some wine and celebrate. That's the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> I had fun with this episode. We really didn't get closure on the whole thing with Ramona and the the DNA testing and you know her parents' heritage and everything like that. It was just you know Fernando and Kimmy being you know goofy and playing an accordion and Fernando doing a singing a, a song. I would have liked a little bit of closure on that, but that's all right. I mean, the main focus was the surrogate, you know, Stephanie getting a, you know, a surrogate. So if you think about it, that's kind of what the journey is. Season four is pretty much Kimmy being pregnant and carrying Stephanie and Jimmy's baby to term. So, best outfit of the episode, I want to give it, I really liked Kimmy's French outfit with the salmon peach colored beret, with the red, white, and blue striped shirt, with her accordion, little accordion, it's cute. Um, runner up, I want to give it to Jackson's blue hair, I think it really suits him. His faux leather jacket was, you know, was kind of all right, but the blue hair was kind of cool. Um, worst outfit? I, ooh, I did not like Fernando's, like, fisherman's hat, and, uh, it made me 
think of that episode? I'm trying to think of the title. It's from season one. I have the DVDs here. Out of the way, Dumbo. I have a Dumbo stuffed animal that sits on top of the Full House box set here. Where is it? Sea Cruise. Yes. That is one. <laughs> Danny is wearing kind of a, I think it is a similar hat to what um, Fernando was wearing. And he's wearing a tan jacket that looks like someone else I'm not sure would wear, um, like in the movie Hairspray, the 2007 version. It's just, mm -hmm. and his accent was, I, I thought that was funny, just I didn't like the outfit. And he's wearing like the wire glasses, like kind of tropey. Stereotype. Well, not really. He didn't look like he was. I didn't know who he was trying to do an impersonation of. I mean, just a, a, a vague, you know, Jewish, maybe New Yorkish accent, something like that. Makes me think of, um, mm, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld's parents from Seinfeld? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, hold on. I want to see. I want to, I want to, a hundred percent make sure that I'm speaking correctly when it comes to Danny's outfit in the Sea Cruise episode, because I haven't covered it for the podcast yet. Uh, oh, yes, yes, 100%, yes. I was, I was on, yes, I got it. Yes, exact same, boom. I always like to make sure I correct myself. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. If I'm right, I want to make 100% sure before I state it as fact. So, worst, yeah, worst outfit would have been Fernando's outfit there. I really liked Ramona's, her her diagram thing that she had, uh, her um, poster board thing, how it kind of opened up and there's more to it on the inside. I thought it was very creative. I liked the pictures. So, Tanner Teachable moment for this episode is just, be respectful to your parents, okay? If they ask you to do something, just do it. You don't get a cop an attitude. I know that's all about being a teenager, angsty, and trying to figure yourself out and whatnot. Doesn't mean you gotta be disrespectful to the rents. Also, another thing referring to Jackson. Don't... Nobody is worth trying to impress by changing your image to suit, like, don't change yourself for someone else's sake. I mean, that's if they don't like you for who you are, then they're not worth it. In Jimmy's case, don't go on Craigslist and post couple open to, or couple seeking open-minded individual or something. I just that so kinds of don't let Jimmy on Craigslist. I think is what I'm trying to say. I know that G Jimmy was really eager to get the ball rolling with this, but Stephanie should have, like, looked at where did... But then again, we wouldn't have the funniness of these crazy, crazy prospects. So, next up, for a birthday episode, we do have Sonny Bringus, who plays Ramona on Fuller House. And I have not selected the episode for her yet, but I've got a couple in mind. And I will announce that in February. So for her for her birthday, her birthday is February second. So 
by then I'll let you I'll let you know because I'll have done it. So I hope happy birthday Adam Hagenboo. I hope you have a great birthday. His birthday is January 23rd, so it's this Saturday, but the episode will go out on Friday. So um real quick Who's the worst of the, the episode? Um, I only give this out when someone I feel really deserves it. I want to give it to Gia. I really do. I mean, those prospects, surrogate pro prospects were horrible, but Gia just... Total disregard for like, I could get pregnant walking through a Chili's. In fact, I did get pregnant walking through a Chili's. Great, great, great. I feel so bad for Rocky. I just, she does not have, the Tanners are in the Fullers and the Gibblers are the influences that she has. Thank goodness. I want to say, honestly, if I had to give a best award. Oh, my uh, dinner's going off. Uh, alarm's going off. I have to say definitely for uh, best award, I want to give it to Kimmy. Because she becomes the surrogate for Stephanie and Jimmy's baby. And runner-up best person of the episode, I gotta give it to Jackson. I mean, he came around after his talk with DJ and just figured, you know, he, he, he wants to be himself. And that if that's not good enough for Rocky, then that's her problem. <laughs> but it turns out she's fine with it. You know, they continue on their adorable relationship. So, yeah, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I will be back in February with Sonny Brinkus' birthday dedicated episode, and of course, the new <laughs> Full House series, Tanner Girls in Love, which will be four episodes, one, each one focused, what in the world is that? Is that a squirrel? Something's like racing above the space between our ceiling and the floor of the apartment above us. I mean, I don't know if you heard that, but it's just a scrambling. Like, is it a squirrel? I don't think it's a bird. It felt, it sounded heavy, you know? But anyway, <laughs> I got distracted by that sound. Um, if you heard it, maybe you can like, oh, that's definitely this or something. Let me know. <laughs> but um, yeah, Tanner Girls in Love is the last four episode series I'll be doing. After that, it will be just a two episode series per month going forward with the podcast. So yeah, I'll be focusing on Baby Love with Michelle, the Valentine's Day episode from season eight, Dateless in San Francisco, kind of deals with Becky and Jesse, Michelle and Teddy also being the main focal points of the episode. And just the girls talking about how the guys just in their lives disappoint them on one of the most romantic days of the year. <laughs> also, Stephanie plays the field in season four. DJ in Lovers and Other Tanners from season six with her and Steve. So, all right. Have a great, have a great week. And I had to sneeze there. I didn't want that to come up. But you don't need to hear me sneeze. Um, but yeah, like I said, have a great weekend, everybody. We are, I just realized it. We are almost done with the first month of 2021. Wow. I cannot believe it.
Yours already feels like it's starting to fly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye-bye.